What's up, guys? Welcome to the Flawed Dad's Guide to Parenting, the podcast all about the average flawed dad learning to be a better parent. Today, we're introducing ourselves and diving straight into a topic near and dear to our hearts, Danish parenting versus North American parenting. Stick around and listen as two flawed dads figure out how not to screw up our kids too badly. So hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Presently, there are zero people listening. (laughs) Zero people listening so far. But uh, I think as uh, as we get into these topics, there's going to be a lot more interest in this. Um, you know, when you've got two average dads, well, one maybe a little more than average than the other, uh, talking about real issues in parenting, you know, we can get to the heart of it without sugarcoating any of it and, and just dive right in. Um, you know, maybe a quick introduction. My name's Warren. Uh, I am a father to three beautiful daughters, uh, beautiful and challenging. And, uh, I am certainly a flawed dad out of the two of us. If we were going to define the flawed dad, I think I'd take that with a, uh, a giant gold trophy. I think it's a matter of perspective. <laughs> Everything is a matter of perspective. It depends on... <laughs> and that's what we're going to dive into, of course, is uh, going over to each other's individual traits and personality types. Yeah, which, which I think are probably more common than either of us realize out in the average dad. And being able to work through some of these issues through conversation, you know, maybe can help uh, the average dad realize that they're not that different from from everybody out there and take a few tips and tricks from some of the things we're going to talk about. Um, We're going to be the human uh, guinea pigs of this overall experiment. Uh, Try these these things out that we're reading about and trying to learn about to become better and then debrief what it's like and how the experience was. Uh, the next podcast exactly and and between our five kids combined i think that's a pretty good uh uh you know what's the what's the term for it survey group in order to see if something uh, is going to work or it's a not. huge sample size it's a huge kids. sample size and and very small sample error you know maybe <laughs> similar to u.s election sample no bias size. No whatsoever bias. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Um, why don't you introduce yourself, yes. Graham? Yes, as we uh, already two minutes in after <laughs> missing out one off. Uh, so my name's Graham, as uh, Warren has already alluded to. I have uh, two also beautiful daughters and uh, a wife back home who uh, is excitedly waiting to listen to this podcast as we talk trash <laughs> about them behind their backs. <laughs> it's nothing we wouldn't say to their fronts either. So. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, overall just, well, the point of this, I guess, suppose is to try and get better little by little every day. We each have our own flaws in their own way. I certainly have my own, uh, intricacies as it were (laughs) (laughs) well known. Uh, You know, the one thing that we both of us have going for us, I think, is that we are relatively self-aware. Yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily live in the clouds and think that we are flawless or horrible, uh, or just you know just doing our thing and, and not thinking of it. At least we're we're willing to accept some criticism. Oh, definitely, and, definitely. Uh, I, I think you know being as a flawed dad, being introspective and and recognizing areas where you have advancement. I don't imagine anybody's going to listen to this podcast unless they're willing to have some form of advancement. Either uh, is incredibly important, and you know being a parent, I think, is a constant reminder that we are flawed. 
um, whether seeing it in the genetics of our children or whether it's seeing it in the uh, in the nurture aspect of our children, you know, the things that we've done to to really screw them off. That's right. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some great tips and tricks along the way. And I'm looking forward to you being my uh, my parenting spirit guy right. as we move forward, because you're significantly more well read than I am on this topic. Yeah, parenting is very much uh, a sobering activity, isn't it? It's, it's oh. one of those things where you don't realize you don't need any permits or anything like that to get into parenting. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're responsible for trying to raise someone else when uh, you yourself are perhaps not that's, that's put together. That's definitely true. There's no way I would have gotten a license for it if, if there had been a test. At the that's beginning right. For it, any so. one of us. Yeah. 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 Anyways, like most of us, I'm sure, uh, don't necessarily, uh, all the unexpected events that come into play that you definitely cannot plan for. Yeah. Yeah. And we've both had quite a few. So I think that gives us a great perspective to be able to have this conversation and, and share some of our stories, experiences, um, and trials, tribulations, and, and some of the things that work. Right. Uh, I know that we've had some some things in our life recently that we've tried out some of the, the parenting tips and tricks and they've been remarkably successful in getting through really tough times. And so, um, you know, as we go forward, we'll we'll share some of those and share our personal experiences. The Internet is an amazing and wondrous place. It sure is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of, of horrible information yeah, and also yeah, yeah. good information. Yeah. So maybe take everything we say with a significant grain of salt. That's right. Yeah. Do your due diligence. Yeah, do, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Check our sources. Please do yeah. not take our word for yeah. it, sir. Uh... <laughs> so where uh, where are we going to begin, uh, Graham? What's the, uh, what's the information? source today what's our our topic du jour so i I stumbled across a book a while ago and uh the book title was actually called the danish way of parenting okay yeah and uh it struck my eye because i can't say that i have necessarily uh, talked to or communicated with many danish individuals no you haven't uh you haven't gone and joined a, a viking ship and and experienced the... Uh, we traveled to Europe once, yeah. skipped over the whole <laughs> the old Denmark, <laughs> old Denmark yeah. section area. So uh, my only experience is ever just watching them skate uh, on TV. So that's, uh, you know, forgive me, all of you Danish fans out there. Yeah. Or Danish individuals. <laughs> um, but if, if this book is anything the way it is then all our smack talking of the Danish people evidently will not affect you whatsoever. Right, right. Because... And, and we would love to hear from the, the Danes in the audience if any of this is even remotely true or whether we're taking a book and completely misappropriating the, uh, the information in it. So, <laughs> Well, that's not our fault, I no, suppose. No, that that's is the, the, that's the, the author's yeah. individual uh, recognition. And by the way, I cannot remember the name of the author. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> so, you know, credit where credit is yeah, due, of course. Yeah. We'll edit that in later. Yeah. <laughs> Nor do I know whether they are, in fact, Danish either. Uh, so <laughs> it seems like an important trait to reference the Danish way of parenting. If To be a Dane? You, you would imagine yeah. so. As I recall, I believe this individual is actually not Danish. If I'm really... Trying okay. to hit my memory bank, I believe that I'm, I'm going to say it's a man, mm-hmm. and I believe his wife 
is Danish, Danish or, okay. or at least a spouse. And so, so he's taking an outsider's view and, and recording the, um, the Danish experience. That's right. The interaction okay. from uh, probably from a sheer amazement standpoint mm-hmm. of seeing these other humans or this other parent um, acting in a way that is so unknown and foreign right. <laughs> as a behavior to uh, themselves. So what what was the, the biggest difference that you noted in North American parenting to Danish parenting? Well, from, from what it seems as though is the, the Danish individuals are able to um, have basically water you know roll off their back. I don't think okay. that's the way you say it. Water off a duck's back. Uh, water, that's right. Yeah. Ah, I'm putting it into human terms. Yeah. Water rolling off yeah. your back, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it uh, Nothing seems to very much affect them. That would be okay. the Coles Notes version of things. And and the Danish way of parenting is evidently influencing and, and showing that same um, nothing seems to bother them type mentality onto their children as well. Okay. So that they're able to be far more resilient over okay. time. Okay. And um, that's an important tool in today's day and age. Especially yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the North American version yeah. of things. Yeah, where, between uh, social media and, and school bullying and everything, being resilient is pretty important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, overreaction uh, every day yeah. um, is is pretty much. Uh, well, I think that's a staple of North American society: is overreaction. <laughs> right. So, yeah, media, yeah, uh, just every general interaction. So, you know, hey, it sounds like an amazing utopian place. Yeah, uh, to go to some place that uh, there, there's no fighting. You know, we're, we're painting a picture here of, of uh, I can only imagine what uh, everyone just holds hands walking along. It sounds wonderful. There's sounds no traffic wonderful. accidents yeah. that result in any type of problem. People just surrender themselves. <laughs> you know, they cause some type of problem. They just show up to the, the judge or the, you know, the jail and say they did something or other. And of course, the police are not mad. Nobody carries guns or batons or anything This like is that. sounding more and more like a movie than, than real life. This is not in the book whatsoever. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, these are the things that I picture <laughs> okay. as I'm reading the book. Right. If no one is mad, then surely there are no problems whatsoever. Yeah, you would assume. You would Cookies assume. for everyone. Yeah, because everybody's raised perfectly. That's right. So, <laughs> that's the undertone. That's the that's undertone. A, yeah, the undertone yeah. of the book. Is, Everyone is yeah. absolutely perfect in every way. Well, I mean, when you're six foot tall and blonde, I mean, it's hard not to be, right? It's, it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> we won't go into the socioeconomic status. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I believe is also pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think so. overall. I think so. GDP per capita is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we have some finance background, but we won't get into that because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, anyways, that's not the point. Um, so yeah, that was the core of the book is right. to to reframe everything. So and so so in that that resiliency through water off a duck's back mentality, was there a methodology for maintaining that type of calm, or like calm, cool, collected attitude? Or yeah, they boiled it down to a bunch of different points. That uh, I mean, I can't remember how long the book was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I'm going to say it's probably 200 or so pages. Yeah. Um, a decently sized parenting book. About so about how many specific... pages? That's about how many pages it would take for me to learn to stay calm. Like <laughs> that's right. 200 pages of just like, you know, size 80 script saying stay calm. That, <laughs> that's right. I'm not sure that it would fully like settle into my brain, even if I did read that. 
the one thing that I don't seem to remember them talking about is how long it would take an oh, individual to... <laughs> from, you know, a rage machine that is right. us overall yeah. as a society <laughs> into this type of version. I mean, it, it's trying to teach kids to grow up into this environment. And so, you know, if everyone else around them is, is exhibiting the same type of traits, then I mm. think it's a lot easier to um, maybe... Uh, center yourself and become this way if everyone else so. is zen yeah. you know then you as a, an outlier being a rage machine you would probably dumb down pretty quickly but if yeah. everyone else is also equally uh it, being zen <laughs> inside of a, a machine of rage would probably drag you up it's that what uh reversion to the mean is that the uh is that the terminology that's right yeah yeah, yeah within chaos yeah, it's difficult yeah. to become <laughs> the single calming tone within the world. But yeah. uh, anyways, I mean, this is what we're going to find out. This mm -hmm. is the whole point of this is yeah. to become a, a guinea pig and, and figure it out. So, I mean, some of the examples that they talk about, for instance, is, you know, they, they, they noted that if um, you ask a, a Danish individual whether the um, what the weather is like when it's freezing or raining out, uh, you know, things that most people would say, like, yeah. this is horrible, Irritants. et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and, and their whole point is sort of to reframe and, and to look at the positive aspects of whatever it is. Okay. Um, so, you know, well, it's a good thing I'm at work today. Mm -hmm. um, or going to be going to work today and it's inside and rather you know, than rather than going out and enjoy and trying to enjoy the weather, it's yeah. they, they can look at it in terms of it's okay because they're not giving anything up. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Looking at some type of positive or things like, you know, I, at least I'm not on the holiday right now mm -hmm. and then suffering this, this cold or rainy environment. And, right. Um, I wonder how the Dane who is on holiday reframes it. <laughs> at least I'm not having to drag my butt into work and, and listening to everybody else complain about this. That's right. <laughs> there's gotta be something. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're able to, Look at the positive side of everything. Yeah, um, and uh, go from there. I mean, I guess reframing is a is a pretty powerful skill in in any aspect, right? Absolutely. I, I know that that we've certainly tried to do that recently with some challenges we've had with with our kids and identifying, you know, that these problems have come up and maybe it's better that they came up now while the kids are young, rather than those problems festering and us having to deal with them when they're teenagers. And not necessarily having the same lines of communication when they're teenagers as we do right now. So being able to identify and address and deal with those issues now is, is even though they're, those issues are a giant pain in the ass right now, That's right. you know, we're, we're, we have an opportunity to deal with them versus when they could be much worse later on. Absolutely. And so that skill set of reframing, you know, what they're talking about in this book is probably, you know, a very useful tool. I, uh, I recognize that one thing that we didn't necessarily talk about is we, we did speak uh, that we have different children, but in terms of ages, uh, my my children, uh, I have one that is almost six years old and then another one that is uh, just past two now. So there's uh, they're definitely in the, the gooey infancy phase of being able to try and modify their behavior, hopefully for the better rather yeah. than the worse. <laughs> yeah, you're getting at it earlier. <laughs> I've, I've, let it, I've let it run a little ways. Mine are, uh, I have the three girls that are 10, 8, and 6, so two years apart each, and um, going to different schools and, and maybe a bit of a framework as to some of the things that we're dealing with. I have a child with 
dyslexia, dyscalculia, and dysgraphia, uh, going to a school for children with uh, learning disabilities. Another child who is um, facing some anxiety and depression issues uh, currently, whether it's COVID-related or just uh, genetics that have popped up and and reared their uh, ugly head. And then we have a um, fiery-tempered redhead uh, to round out the group. So it's uh, it's quite the quite the pair. You red quite quite the, the quite the trio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah exactly. Um, so what else, uh, what else in the book is, is something that jumped out at you? So we got reframing, we've got staying calm. A lot of it, I mean, I guess the first part of it is, is definitely just trying to explain different examples about that reframing part. Sure. Um, I guess they, they also don't necessarily, from what I understand, uh, the book is talking about, they don't they don't necessarily go to the extreme and getting over uh, excited about something as well. Um, even keel uh, would be the word that I guess yeah. that I could overall, um, they say that, you know, they, they, um, I think they, they acknowledge sort of the other side that exists as well on uh, something of a situation. Sure. Um, in terms of that reframing. So yeah, this is bad, but you know, Back to that, um, they uh, they also try and focus their energy onto bigger picture things rather than in the moment type okay. things potentially yeah. as well as another way of potentially reframing it like yeah. you know whatever it is but at least we can look at this as in your point yeah um, that hey before they turn into teenagers who don't want to listen to anyone or anything other right. than you know. Their friends, their friends who are, who are toxic in terms of who also don't yeah, know anything, that's right. yeah, yeah, but think they do know something. Uh, the key is to be the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> for my for my observation of looking what uh, what it's like to be a teenager and remembering what it was like to be yeah. a teenager, it's it's pretty much a game of uh, hey, let's let's all try and be the same here. Let's all yeah, wear the same let's, thing. Let's all be homogenous. There's no outliers yeah. here. Yeah, if we're all doing the same thing, and that's yeah. the that's the name of the game. Um. So they also uh, language was another point. Um, like in terms of the the language that you use in communicating with uh, with your child. Yeah, supporting language is certainly a thing they talked about a lot. Um, and uh, understanding the reasons behind their emotions and actions, etc. when they talk to their, their uh, child. So, so so taking a step back and trying to trying to understand why actions were taken, that sort of thing. Yeah, so if the you know, if the, the if your kid is upset um, or angry, they'll they'll try and get you know, sort of like a debrief almost as to why it is that they feel that way and what is it um why they should be feeling that way exactly. you mean so. before they fly off the handle they <laughs> they take a moment to actually understand what what's like before going the parent the flies child. off the handle no yeah as that's, a result that's, of, yeah that's yeah. what i'm thinking because yeah. i know that's my immediate reaction is yeah is crying or screaming is is I'm straight to crying That's right. or screaming right yeah That's... and the one thing I will acknowledge that this does not talk about is essentially it's assuming that you are automatically calm right and be able to all the time impart this 
<laughs> to debrief the child who is automatically out of the control, etc. So it's just going to take a couple of years of therapy of dealing with all my unresolved anger issues to, <laughs> to, to address that before starting the, you know, water off a duck's back mentality. Yeah, there, there's no mention at all about how to be calm yourself right, first. Right, right. It's more yeah. explaining how they are already calm. Okay. okay and imparting yeah. the calmness onto their own children. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that sounds... I guess that would be... It's it's a very interesting point. So uh, so is there a meditation book we should be talking about first? In order I mean, to... everything is a cyclical part. Yeah, that's right. You would yeah. think that <laughs> which which comes first type yeah. thing, right? Chicken like, and egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are Parents you trying to? Calmness yeah. versus children being docile. You yeah. would imagine that the probably the calmness aspect of uh, you getting think you centered first. first. Yeah. Okay. I would imagine that would be it. Mm-hmm. You would think because I mean, you know, a red hot rage. Oh, it's probably... video trying to debrief it. Just calm down. Yeah. Everyone calm down. We're going to talk about feelings. Yeah. So you've been to my house during one of these episodes. Right. We've all been in those situations. It's, uh, I, I would say, admittedly, I'm probably a lot more calm uh, than many individuals, mm-hmm. but... I mean, there are certain things that just, you know, carve you the wrong way. Oh, and yeah. It is uh, impossible to to stop yourself. It's, you know, it, it's the things that you look back over time and you wish that you didn't necessarily act like that. But yeah. it's, you know, that's the the living and learning part that it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I find the one that gets me the most is when they're um, physical with each other, when they're, when they're hitting or kicking each other. I, I have no capacity for patience at that point. And, you know, that's maybe where that, that calmness or, or being able to step back and be a bit more understanding um, and recognize why they're in that situation in the first place would probably be valuable rather than just going to like defcon infinity the second they hit each other yeah um it's also i'm sure very hard when it's uh you're you're not you can't check the tape to yeah, see yeah to see what's why. going on because yeah. there's always some nugget of a beginning or yeah. something that's been festering over the past you know day <laughs> or 10 minutes or whatever it is that that blows up into something yeah. huge and then never ends up good and it's it's always the one that that hits back that gets caught doing it and and then they're pointing the finger at the other one saying no but they did this and and uh you you don't see that part you only see the part that that's happened right in front of your face and yeah and yeah i i I imagine understanding the situation you know remaining calm in the first place would probably be an incredibly valuable tool um did they did they talk about any any techniques for or they just it was just placid in the first place the parents oh no they they definitely get to the the tips for reframing Mm -hmm. aspect but as as we talked on uh touched on it doesn't necessarily talk about how to be calm yourself right just going through my different notes here, they uh, they do evidently one of the big parts is is they they try and teach their kids to you know conceptualize their own emotions as much as possible so they're able to um, so they're giving them the vocabulary to be able to to frame why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Yeah. So 
I think that's something that's missing so much in North American parenting. Yes. Yeah. Is giving kids the tools to be able to have that conversation. I would argue that there are so many things missing in North yeah, American yeah, that's parenting. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a where do you begin type stuff. But, yeah. So evidently, there's an actual national program implemented back in preschool. In Denmark. Uh, in Den, yeah. Okay. Um, called Step by Step, supposedly. Okay. And so, kids but in are, Danish. <laughs> that's steep, right. Steep by steep. Yeah. <laughs> that's the official way to that's, say it. Yes, that's exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they, they had yeah. the phonetics term in, right. in there, yeah. and that's that's yeah. it. You nailed it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Children. Um, so, I guess kids are shown. Um, pictures of other children having different types of emotions. Okay. You know, happiness, sadness, uh, fear, anger, mm-hmm. uh, etc. And then each of the children talk about the cards and then put into words um, what they are actually sensing and learning to actually, you know, conceptualize their own feelings by yeah. the different tones. So that's back in preschool before they even hit anything else. They're yeah. you know, probably even learning preschool who knows what the... i think there's a bit of that in the maria montessori training where they do uh emotional zone training oh. um like red zone blue zone that sort of green zone where you, where the red is the angry okay, zone yeah. and, and blue is is sad um you know green is or yellow is happy green is is jealous that sort of thing and and um i think that's that's so important for them to be able to define where it is that they're that they're sitting within you know and identify the the yeah. zones that they're in for sure um so to have that as a national program that's that's really powerful it but that's speaks... definitely something that parents could do on their own yeah right it, it obviously speaks to their you know level of dedication to it to try and you know they clearly recognize that the emotional aspect of it is hard and i think it's it, it's interesting pictures i mean i don't remember using pictures or talking about that no, before no, and and seeing, you know, you know, pictures speaks a thousand words type stuff. Like actually mm-hmm. seeing someone sad and a picture, and a natural human too. Because I think a lot of times that in books, you even talk about sadness, etc. It's usually in a cartoon version of things. It's not actually right. necessarily human faces yeah. showing these different types of emotions, unless it's real life. Yeah, it's the it's um, the the smiley face version of a of a you know frowning face kind yeah, of thing. And, yeah and a to a child not that i remember being a child mm-hmm. uh but you know no, we were we were spawned at our current ages weren't <laughs> right, we? Right. We, we don't have any childhood trauma carrying forward with us <laughs> none <laughs> so the um i'm just going through all the different points here so you know, they they talked about solutions for you know how even playing horribly in sports, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, did you break your leg? Okay. Type of question. Yeah. Like, well, no, but I'm I'm a horrible player. I just can't play. I'm you know I didn't score or whatever it is, right? Um, and and their their point is that they're then sort of making well at least you didn't break your you're like though, right? right? Like you sure about right. it? Let me let me check and sort of making the the intent is try to make it a laugh a little bit a little levity. Um, well, perspective too, right? I think yeah. that's that's probably such a powerful yeah. thing for kids to learn is is perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess yeah. at the same time though, from when it, it talks about, they don't necessarily gloss over the fact 
of things, though. Okay. The, the point of the reframing seems to be not just, oh, let's look at the bright side and ignore everything that's okay. that's happening today as well it's it's at least okay let's let's break the ice let's you know let's let's get people to chuckle a little bit and get out of their own little head for the moment mm-hmm. um, and then they sort of re- circle back to yes you did actually play pretty dog shit today <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. i'm not ignoring yeah, yeah, that yeah you did play pretty badly yeah. there's there's no getting around that um, but also remember, you know, last week when you scored those couple of goals, like mm-hmm. how did that feel? Um, I bet you you probably felt pretty jacked and, yeah. and excited about it. Um, and so let's let's think about ways that we can or what we can do to maybe do that next time, or what could we have done differently this time? Yeah. Um, on on how you you played badly. So it's it's looking at the positive side of things, looking back, whatever it is, trying to get them out of the head, but then also just bring it back that, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going to gloss over things here. You, you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably a, a pretty powerful skill looking across all different situations with kids when they're, when they're getting upset, right. Whether it's with their friends or, um, you know, in, in school or, or dealing with their siblings anything where you could uh re reframe it and and provide some perspective like when when our girls are fighting maybe taking a step back and saying you know you know i understand that you really don't like your sister and the way she's behaving right now but you remember two hours ago when you guys were inseparable because you were playing so well together right and and creating that that reference point back to a positive aspect of their relationship together. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess the, right. And then that, the debriefing part of almost like, well, what is it that, you know, could have, could have happened during mm-hmm. that, over those past two hours or, or very likely the past 10 minutes, as it seems yeah, the well, way the, the whipsaw is. Yeah. Of, yeah. Less than 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Yeah. Well, she picked up a toy that I wanted. Yeah. So. I didn't want. I didn't know that I wanted it yeah, until, until they picked that up, exactly. and then I wanted it so badly and yeah. remembered that it was mine a long time ago that I was willing to clock her across the <laughs> head for it. Yeah, exactly. It's totally. That's the thing that I am baffled by. You know, my daughter, well, eldest, no, no concern whatsoever with stuffed animals for the longest time, mm-hmm. and then now my two-year-old is wanting a stuffed animal, and then it's like that that one stuffed animal behind the sea of 60 other stuffed animals <laughs> that one that you have right now is mine i need that and i'm going to take it from you because it is so important to me that i have right now the so if we if we took the lesson that we've that we've just gotten from from this in terms of reframing and providing perspective what what would we say to her or what would you as a dad say to her in order to try and reframe that like in terms of the one stuffed animal we've yeah the excellent That's, question yeah it's i mean i guess for for us right now we just talked about uh the sharing aspect of it we looked at trying to that's not necessarily the reframing aspect of it i do in this exercise, it's an interesting point to talk mm-hmm. about and what we would do differently to try and reframe that situation when the 
you know, the two-year-old's howling. Yeah, uh, because, because, because the toy's just been snatched out of her hands. Exactly. And, and, and what to do there. Yeah. Um, you know, the the gut reaction, of course, I think with most parents, uh, certainly within me too, is to like immediately go and snatch it oh, right yeah. back. Like, yeah, but, but do then, you see how that feels? Yeah, but then thing? are we just teaching them that that's the right thing to do? I, I think that's... That's the issue. That's the that whole Danish the thing of, yeah. of duck, water off a duck's back is if we react that way, then we're, we're there's, Absolutely. it's not a duck's back. Like it's, it's, it's water on what, what would the alternative be? A sheep, you know, so you're <laughs> waterlogged. That's right. Um, a sponge. Yeah, a sponge. Yeah. You know, um, so instead maybe it's, it's taking reference to the amount of, of stuffed animals that are available and, and, uh, you know that they they hadn't played for, played with that one for such an extended period of time, and that there's one exactly like it, you know, available within within arm's reach, and maybe there's a compromise yeah. available. Yeah, the reef. Yeah, or going back to just trying to remember times where they did in fact share mm-hmm. to one another before, and how did that make you feel? And you know, uh, do you also? I mean anyone has a two-year-old or younger mm-hmm. you also know that their attention span for something or other is you know less than a minute yeah so <laughs> trying to reframe back to the the point of hey you know yes she wants that right now but i bet you anything you know give it three or four minutes uh, i think you have a better memory than than she does and give it four or five minutes and i bet you she'll drop it and move yeah. on to something else and then you can play with her for a little bit um well, and then I, I think if we go back to the first thing we talked about, which was uh, taking a step back and understanding their motivation or, or emotions um, for what created the situation in the first place, asking them why that stuffed animal is so important at this very moment, and then being able to dissect that emotion and give them the, give them the, the vocabulary to be able to describe what it is they're feeling with regards to that particular stuffed animal. It sounds so academic and easy. It does, doesn't right it? Right now when we're talking oh, yeah. about it. When we're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this flawed dad will go and try and implement it. That's right. And, and butcher it. And and next week when we're talking about it, I'll, I'll give you a an example of how I absolutely ruined the entire the entire concept. But Talking about, yeah... For someone that doesn't understand exactly how to describe their feelings, because mm-hmm. I really want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but why is it that you really want it? You didn't <laughs> yeah, want it before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it sounds it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. So they they did bring down the tips to reframing. They they brought it down to seven different points. Okay. Um. So one is is pay attention to your negativity. As a parent. As a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I, this is maybe the first part about becoming uh, Zen a little bit. And this is maybe the thing that will take the longest is practicing, even just acknowledging, you know, when you have that negative thought. Right. Um, you know, the acknowledgement is the first step to everything. Um, and uh, so notice it and see how often you're actually using negativity to view that specific scenario right and then i guess there's there's all kinds of things you can do with regards to that whether it be breathing techniques or those sorts of things i know that was one thing that a doctor 
uh, had a conversation with me once about um, was just stopping, taking one as deep as you can breath and then breathing out as much as you can and just allowing that to to stop before you act and and reframe your mind and i know that's been an incredibly useful tool for you've me. used that yeah oh yeah i, I was particularly feel... with road rage like it's so important <laughs> i feel you like know, it's cause... one of those things that work very well when you're by yourself yeah. type stuff but I, i'm very aware i've i've thought of doing that as well but i just feel like it's such a a visible you know like <laughs> <laughs> Like everyone else is looking at this, like you can just tell how annoyed you are of breathing things out, etc. There's no, there's no calm way of doing it, a subtle way of doing it in your head, because it's just so, like you're so annoyed already that you're breathing. It's not just a, you know. Like well, you can't, you can't, you can do it in in terms of just a very deep breath. You just have to try not to, you know. But in that yeah, moment, yeah. when you're so annoyed, you know. Well, I, I find it happens a lot given that, that my daily commute now is, is close to three hours of driving every day with with my daughter in the car, with my oldest. You know, it, there's incidents of road rage that, you know, easily could spiral out of control. But because I've, I've, turned, um, I've turned that breathing technique into almost a habit... I catch myself before I'm screaming out the window at somebody about taking a left turn where there's no left turns allowed. Right? Yeah. I, I stop myself from cursing and, yeah. and I'm able to control myself because I take that one deep breath and, and kind of think about it. And it gives me the opportunity to think, oh, right, daughter's in the car. I can't swear at this guy. And so I wait instead, instead of flipping them the bird or anything like that. It's, it's a, it's a very sarcastic way. That's right. right. So I get, I get to, to send my feelings out without my daughter witnessing their father have an absolute meltdown <laughs> over somebody turning left. So, yeah, it's so hard in those moments. I know, you know, it's certainly one thing I've, I've tried to look at from maybe if you look at it from the reframing perspective, et cetera, is the you know, there's nothing you can do about it and nothing's going to change. The past is the past mm-hmm. type stuff. You know, like, yeah, the person cut you off, um, but honking and yelling at them, etc. especially the world that we live in, you know, that's not going to change them no, at but all. but it feels so good. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, that's the, th- that's the thing, right? Yeah. Somehow that release yeah. feels good, but it, but it the won't deep change breath, anything. The deep breath is another form of release. Yes, Right, it, that that massive intake of oxygen um, is is similar to the endorphins of, of screaming at somebody. That's right, um, and so then you know the, the second point is to practice the reframing, um, which we've we've gone over. We've gone yeah. over a lot. So yeah. We, yeah, and and the point three is use less limiting language. That's what they talked about. So. They're, so they're, open, open questions, that sort of thing. I, their their point is, I think, trying to eliminate sort of like the black and white okay. version, binary of options. Yeah, you know, okay. like I I hate this one particular thing. Okay. I love that particular thing. I never. Um, I I always do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you always do this, and so the point is that it doesn't give you much room to maneuver. Right, um, and so you uh, use less judgment and 
they say more acceptance. It's very, very kumbaya. Uh, right. Yeah, it does overall. sound very kumbaya, but but that's also very true. I know I've had conversations with my wife about limiting language and saying, you know, you always do this. It seemed like there was a lot of always and nevers in terms of my actions. Yeah. And I think I'm a little less binary than that, but. Uh, that's definitely a, a tool that we could use in every aspect of our lives is, is using less of that, that limiting language. The last, this next point is, is interesting. It says um, trying to separate the actions from the person. Mm-hmm. So rather than categorizing someone as lazy or mm-hmm. aggressive or something like that, it's, it's more like, oh, this person is affected by laziness. Okay. Um, or you're you were struck by like like oh this is this is a moment that you were aggressive it's not you're a big ball of anger all the time it's yeah. just oh something happened to pass by and you were uh like yeah that. i so, took i took one of the jars of you know um unresolved anger that were on my my psychological shelf and opened up the cap and yeah. just ah! and right. you know, screw the cap back on and put it back on the shelf this is a separate point but i do know that um, I have played this game with my eldest daughter walking along. I've sort of playing the the what if game of like I wonder what this person went through to get to this point. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting sort of yeah. game to play. It's not within this book, but it's one thing that I have done few times of like, well, I wonder what it is that happened to this person to get so angry. Right. You know, why did they do this? Um, maybe they had a bad day at work and just coming off. Maybe someone ran over their toe. Maybe someone stole from them or so, you know, like yeah. there, there's usually something that happened before the, the actual, like the, the second hit that you talked yeah. about before, right? Yeah. The retaliation hit. Well, something must've happened before that. I wonder what that to was. To put them in that situation. And, and even just yeah. talking about that, of the hypothetical, not knowing, but just, yeah. you know, talking about that makes you, I guess, more aware of that there's probably something else that happened. Not that it condones the action, but it, it at least it, it reframes it. Helped, it. Yeah. it, it I mean, in your own mind, like, uh, you know, I, I wonder, I bet you this person's probably just having a really bad day. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, just... and, and exactly. That's great to think about our, our kids in that perspective. And I know that, that I get hit with that all the time because my oldest daughter, given her um, learning disabilities, you know, it for a long time that came across to me as as laziness or um, you know just a, a a lack of attention to detail, those sorts of things, and it wasn't. And and so having to reframe that and say that it's a it's a bout of something or or it's a situational sort of thing. It's the it's the perfect um, framework for the saying this too shall pass. Mm. Yes. Right, that that this situation that the child is going through of laziness, anger, um, you know, attitude, whatever it may be, is not necessarily a characteristic or a character trait of theirs, but is is instead a, a situational reaction to what they're going through at that moment. That is beautiful. Deep. That's deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting. It's later in the evening here. Yeah, and yeah, we're getting. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> We're becoming more profound oh, as yeah, the, the time goes on. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, the fourth and fifth podcast will just be going oh, straight into... Oh, it's right. We're going to be regular PhD <laughs> psychologists. Yeah. Watch out, Freud. We're coming up yeah. with new things. <laughs> 
so the, the next uh, fifth point here is uh, it even talks about making a list of your child's most negative qualities. Obviously, wow. obviously, you want to put in a point where they're not reading any of this yeah, stuff because that would—it's not noted in here. Yeah. But I feel like that's a paramount point. Is that, is that like you nail it to their door? Like <laughs> that's right. Right. So every time they go into their, we've room. spent the last three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that we've come up with. Oh man, these are the issues we have yeah. with your personality, and yeah. we expect them to be remedied. So they evidently they say and write them out as a sentence. So she isn't very academic, and I think she has ADHD. Um, uh, then try to rewrite the sentences, uh, identifying the source of those behaviors. I, I'm pretty sure the she has ADHD is is the source to that she's not very academic. See, yeah, yeah, that that works. That, but but I mean, exactly to my point previous, that you know, understanding why that behavior has taken place, right? The whole understanding thing that we talked about at the beginning of the of the podcast is reframes the idea of not being very academic, and it it makes it so that it it's so so much less aggravating to deal with. Yeah. When when there's a reasoning behind and an understanding behind that that action, absolutely. So and so that yeah and so and and then this is sort of back to the almost the core of the book is is try focusing on the positive side mm-hmm. of your children's behavior, um, so they feel appreciated for the uniqueness of them, mm-hmm. um, rather than labeled negatively. Um, right. So I guess that's the obviously the opposite side of the listing one way you think of all the negatives and then you think well there are a lot, obviously a lot of nice things that individuals or our kids have that anyone has yeah um, within themselves and looking at that too and then it moves on to uh, supporting language it calls um, uh, helping them use supporting language rather than that limiting language sure. that we talked yeah. about before yeah um, and so asking questions to help identify their emotions behind their actions that's uh, certainly one thing that I don't do very often uh, is even necessarily verbalizing my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm very frustrated right now, or I'm very angry right now, or whatever Jeez, it is. What I do, Graham. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Let, I'm let writing out my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll post it on the door on my way out. That's yeah. right. I'll think of the positive things too now, but uh, yeah, just uh, I think I'll run out of ink. <laughs> So that's one thing I, I don't definitely I don't think we any of us particularly do is talk about the like, you know, I'm feeling very angry right now because of yeah. whatever it is. It's just, just a response. Yeah, we definitely don't verbalize it. No, we, we show it in our body language. It doesn't our, talk wives, about it here. Our wives pick up on it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, but, yeah, they're yeah. perceptive as yeah. anything there. And so I guess by asking questions, but also I presumably talking about those things too. I'm just adding to the book, of course, Mm -hmm. but talking about my own feelings as it were probably would uh, help out. And so open any question talking about um, their, the reasons why they're doing things and uh, says identify their intentions of themselves and Mm -hmm. others um, so they can understand how that uh, leads themselves out of tough spots so why why they did things or why other people did things or like that that, that's the framework for empathy right yeah is is understanding intentions and i think the last point is something that overall 
we shouldn't have a problem with. This mm-hmm. is out of the seven. This know, is this is the North American one. No, well, I mean, I'm going to point at us two in particular. Okay. Um, okay. In general, uh, is use humor. Humor. Right. Yeah. Humor. <laughs> humor. humor. I believe it's yeah. called humor. Yeah, that's the proper way of saying. I, it. I thought you were going to say hubris. Yeah. I, I was going to say, oh, we got that one. We also have yeah. that. <laughs> yes. No humor. Uh, can't read properly. It's uh, getting later. <laughs> Um, and so lighting the situation, we all know what humor means. Yeah. Um, but it talks about, you know, being careful and, and, and this is definitely something that my own self-awareness, I use humor often, but perhaps sometimes in the wrong situations right. and, and being careful not to totally negate the individual's feelings or whatever it is. They're mad, mad or angry or something like that. Yeah. Not to gloss over it entirely. Right. Um, which, you know, back to that sports analogy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you played you played horribly here yeah. and just tossing out jokes all the time sort of it does probably make them more angry or frustrated is that they're not really feeling like they've been hurt at all. So yeah. acknowledging that a little bit is, you know, it's a, it's a fine line as anything. So. Right. But an important tool nonetheless. Yeah. 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 And that was the, those are the seven points. And then, then one last point that I just found was actually – very amazing. Not something that we can necessarily do uh, okay. at all, but just uh, pretty spectacular about how the organization of the country is formed. Um, when a, uh, when a mom gives birth, okay, um, a, a local midwife gets all the contact information for these the the mother, the okay. new mother, um, and and then gets a hold of her within the first week to check in how she and the baby is doing. Mm. I mean, we've all presumably heard about, you know, the blues and, yeah. and all the, the negative yeah, sad and all that. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Postpartum. Thank you. Yeah. Postpartum. And, um, and so just checking in how they are. And then in that same time period, the midwife gives the new mom contact information and names and details, et cetera, of other new moms right. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, like who've also had babies around that same age. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, and then it goes beyond that. Create a support group. Those same women now, um, they form groups and they meet up once a week to talk about their different experiences and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and, and then within that same group, uh, different mothers will sponsor one, another mother and sort of become their own individual Sure. One-on-one pairings. Yeah. It's like AA Again, for mothering. It's AA for mothering. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. If you were to boil it down, <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, and boy, AA, not that anyone else, uh, of us have gone through it, yeah. uh, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, maybe sometimes we should have, uh, but uh, that's another <laughs> conversation. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, that's been going on forever and obviously mm-hmm. has, has shown. It's some, effective. Yeah. And, and so... I guess maybe the the flawed dad's uh, guide to parenting is a bit of a uh, support group for for flawed dads. We're trying to create that right yeah, now. It yeah, makes we're, sense. we're starting a yeah. we're starting a movement. Yeah, it's, starts it's, with it's, two. It's, starts yeah, with two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and so they they check in. It just maybe like AA. I don't know, but mm-hmm. they'll they'll even call up if someone doesn't come uh, for the next week or whatever it is. They'll they'll actually check up. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? Um, are you okay? Type stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I found that amazing one, one just for, I'm sure the friendships that you form and, oh, yeah. you know, it's tough, especially for knowing what my wife went through. Like it's, it's 
kind of lonely too in the first little while. Like definitely, you're you're just trying to figure things out, especially if it's your first child. You don't know what the heck you're doing. You maybe tried to do go through some classes, things like yeah. that, but it's all just learning on the fly. Yeah, and I'm sure just having a moment to be able to talk it over with someone else that's going through the exact same thing and the same as you. Yeah, is such a a big thing for that, and and I'm. I really wish that everyone almost did that. Like it, it just seems like a no brainer now yeah. that you, re- so many things that you read or, or hear about. Sometimes you're like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, different businesses are coming out. Like, like why didn't we think of that beforehand? Yeah. Like, just right there. And this seems like something that should be mm-hmm. done hands down. Of course. Yeah. At least, I mean, in, in here, at least it, it, you're left to it as a mother in order to go find that support group through, mommy and me classes or or whatever it may be but and that's an outreach for yourself and that's assuming that you're happy and healthy to do so but man if if you're you're not in a good spot postpartum you're you're not in the frame like frame of mind in order to reach out and and socialize and and build those relationships yeah and reliant on you know your your partner or whoever it is if you have a partner i mean boy there are some also yeah yeah exactly single parents out there that don't necessarily have that person coming by every now and then and, and yeah all, all the credit to single parents out there like i can only imagine I, I have a tough enough time handling kids for two hours or something like yeah. that by myself and yeah. to think of what it's like <laughs> <laughs> 24 hours a day add in work and all the other things so maybe a, maybe you know as as flawed dads our our job in that area is to ensure that we're pushing the the mothers of our of our kids to go out and form those those social networks and ensure that they've got the support the the uh, sponsor as as you put it yeah to to guide them through the experience I know that that uh, my wife has has done that for a number of of moms um, particularly some of our friends who are younger that are just having their first child now they look up to uh, Rachel is as almost like a big sister to lead them through that whole postpartum thing right. with Rach having gone through it a couple times. And so, you know, as, as flawed dads, we can push for that, push for our, our wives, if they're in a good spot now to go out and, um, find somebody that they can sponsor. Or if your wife is going through postpartum right now, you know, uh, asking them who it is that they could lean on as, as almost like a sponsor. Yeah. So, and I don't know what the what the whole environment is like. I mean, just reading that, it seems as though perhaps everyone gets an actual midwife. Yeah. Um, which is baffling, you know, if that's just part of the course, par for the course, or whatever it is yeah. that everyone gets a midwife, and it's just sort of that that overall network. I mean, I mean, imagine that knowledge level to know all the different individuals, and um, yeah, I can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it all sounds well and good, but just I'm just picturing here off the, you know, trying to form a relationship of some sort, you know, being a, a dad by yourself and just walking up into a mom group or something like that, <laughs> and just asking for, you know, hey there, you know, I swear I have. I have a kid now. Well, I, mean, no, I was. Can I get you? I'm not trying to pick you up or anything like that. I was like, talking. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who's who's a, a lawyer, a, a new dad. And he's um, he's on on uh, dad duty now for the next six months, where his wife's gone back to work, um, also a lawyer, and so he's staying home with the kid. And he feels incredibly uncomfortable going to the mommy and me classes because I bet. you know it's it's ten women standing around talking about postpartum, and and he he doesn't have the 
frame of reference in order to have that conversation. And so, you know, he came for a walk with me over the weekend to just kind of be able to, to spill all of the, yeah. the stuff that he's going through, particularly during COVID, where it's incredibly limited in, in what social interactions he can have and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm acting as a bit of like a sponsor for him and trying to walk through and that's really the blind leading the blind. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a terrifying. Yeah. Well, and that, and I mean that's the that's the problem, of course, because we didn't go through it necessarily, no. right? No. Like we we I, I was not uh, I I was at work. Yeah. Um. So I didn't spend the first six months of I was, the, I was the child's life. I was gone 110 nights a year in hotel rooms, yeah. traveling around uh, North America. So, you know, I. I wasn't present that much, and and so I'm not sure that I'm the greatest. I can I give all the him. credit to your friend for doing this because and going to those groups as well. Yeah, I went with my wife um, with our firstborn mm-hmm. McKenna, and uh, I went to one of those you know groups, and sitting in that room <laughs> with fifteen <laughs> other women in a circle, mm-hmm. all seeing like. The wheels on the bus go yeah. round and round with hand motions like that. Yeah. It was a surreal moment. Yeah. I I generally thought I was in some type of cult. Oh, it was yeah. it was wild. I did not like it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I Put was down like, the I gotta get out of yeah. here, man. This is <laughs> like and and not knowing the actions at all, and everyone else doing the actions and these mm-hmm. things. I was like, this is this is not yeah. for me. I gotta get out of here. Like I cannot. I cannot possibly watch this Let anymore. Me like, Let me there's find something another, wrong with you all. I need to find another flawed dad who, That's can, right. who can help me with this. Yeah, <laughs> You guys are all probably doing really nice things for your children. Mm-hmm. And this is great. But I can't be here. Yeah, I'm this sorry. Isn't, this, this is isn't not for me. I I gotta get, or or you got to give me some YouTube videos or yeah, some, yeah. some heads up for yeah. the songs that you're singing next time. So I can like rehearse these things here so I can participate <laughs> because I'm getting whacked in the side of my head here. And this is not something I've expected. I need some, some build up. Mm-hmm. I need a, yeah. Could you send me the agenda? Can I get some please? private yeah. tutorials right yeah. now? So I don't feel like yeah. as intimidated. And was, I think that's one of the big problems as a dad is that that kind of stuff is so intimidating, right? Going to those sorts of things. If you're, if you're not completely prepared and and for most of the time we're just running around in our lives putting out fires let alone having the time to sit down and focus on this kind of stuff and i think that's one of the big reasons that you and i wanted to create this was that this can be a source that while you're driving to work or or whatever it may be get a couple of of real tips that you can put into action you know in an entertaining manner um that isn't just you know some phd student reading it out saying you know here are all the things you have to do in order to be a good parent and if you don't do this you're an awful human being and because we're we're all flawed we all have our our issues and and we're just learning as we go along and this is kind of our way of of saying okay we need to we recognize we both need to learn as we go along and yeah and that that our lives aren't perfect and we're going to try whatever we can and tell you guys out there in the in the listener world uh what's working and and what is an epic failure because i'm sure we're going to stumble across a few of those landmines no question yeah i will say that one nice part about this one book is that it was very focused at least Mm -hmm. um having read a few parenting books 
you know, the challenge with, with a lot of the things is that there's a lot of tip, you know, if you ever watch a YouTube video or whatever it is about like these 17 home hacks that you yeah. can do, right? It's just one hack after the other and you get bombarded with these 17 different things and you don't try any single one of them yeah. because it's just like, oh, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Mm. And and that is the one nice thing that I found with this one. It's it's like this it's is nice. The, this is a yeah. you focus on this one sort of thing and it's like a, a, a mantra as it were. It's not a, a yeah. tool necessarily. And, and and that's the, the it's certainly the challenge that I've seen before is I, you know, I try and consume all this information, but then you just have so much information that you don't act on any of it. Yeah. Because you just on to the next thing, right? Yeah. And that's our society in general as well. You swipe left, swipe right, yeah, uh, onto the next thing, and and don't worry about it, mm-hmm. uh, type stuff. So, so if we go back to this book, what are the what are the rehash the the seven things that a parent can do in order to be more like the Danish parent than the North American parent? So pay attention to your negativity. I'll just talk about the headlines here. Uh, practice reframing, which we went through ad nauseum. Um, use less limiting language. So that's the, you know, things are not just black and white. I hate this. I love that. And then separating the actions from the person as well, which I, you know, that's a, it's a interesting point that I never really thought about. And then, uh, rewrite your child's narrative to be more loving. Um, that's going back to the, the listing out the negative qualities and then also, uh, looking at the the positive sides of things as well, uh, using the supporting language uh, that we talked about before, um, asking questions about how in, how to identify or figure out their emotions behind what it is they're doing, um, and how to help them understand. And then the last point is using humor, which you know to some uh, is a challenge. You know, looking at the the bright side of things and and, and laughing about it. Um, sometimes it's hard depending on the, the situation. So those are the seven points there. Definitely, definitely. So we'll, um, we'll, add, the, uh, we'll add the book into the uh, notes for the, for the podcast, um, where you can get it and, and the name of the author. Um, we've been going for about an hour now, and so we'll probably shut it down here. Man, that goes by fast when you get into a good conversation. Um, so check us out. Uh, check us out next week. Make sure if you get a chance, give us a good review. If you like the content, um, you know, post on on social media and everything. We'll put our social media links in the description for the podcast. Uh, you know, provide us any comments, any feedback, anything that you'd like to hear about, um, any parenting tips or tricks that you've got for us. Um, we're learning alongside you guys. Um, with that, we'll sign off and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. I will just add. I looked up the authors, yeah. and I'm very much glad that I did not speak about their because there's one name there that I would that absolutely can't. butcher if I read that right now. Uh, so I'm happy that uh, we'll just add it in the the bio there for you to uh, butcher yourselves on your own time. Perfect. So, uh, so Graham and I are going to take a couple of these uh, tips and tricks that we've that we've talked about today, and next week we'll report back to you on how they've worked out for us. Um, which ones worked out really well, which ones were epic failures. And uh, we'll have a whole nother topic for you next week. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next week. Okay, ciao. 
Thanks for listening to the Flawed Dad's Guide to Parenting podcast. Make sure to check out our social media. We're always looking for tips and tricks from you. And make sure to post anything that you might like to hear about in the future. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Do you think that, that it makes me smarter for having three kids than having two kids? Yeah. Experienced. Experience? Is that what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that that is an entirely well, positive experience. <laughs> yeah, Why it's definitely. It's definitely more toilet paper. That's for sure. <laughs> Three girls. I mean, I, I, I basically am a Costco for toilet paper, right? That's why I switched to a bidet. Just to that well, that's sure genius. Just yeah. Yeah, I, it's a good thing we don't pay for water. Otherwise, in our house, we would go through so much of it. Baths, showers, all of that sort of stuff. What, are, what is that? What is that? What is it showing you? It's showing um, a recording of our voice. So, are you actually recording Yeah, I, I wanted to get some behind the scenes. Uh... <laughs> See? So like when you do that, background voice right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's light uh, when it's your background voice. Is it funny to look at? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Graham can teach me how to be a better parent? No. No, you don't think so? No. You think I'm perfect? Yeah. I don't yell. I don't get upset. Maybe. Like <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Does Daddy have a temper? Yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs>